podcast people. My name is Allie and I am the host for the Basic and Blessed podcast. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Today I was going to talk about a Bible study that me and a couple of different a couple of people from my church were doing a small group study. It's called Radical by David Platt. We got it from Lifeway and um excuse me. I I was just I was blown away by session 1. Um, I, there, there, I believe there are six different sessions and for us, we're doing it, you know, we're meeting once a week. And so I wanted to, you know, take what I've learned from this study and kind of, and just basically, um, bring it to you guys. So that, you know, I mean, if you can do the study by all means, like I said, he, he brings it to life in such a way that it just, it got me thinking and it just, you know, it got my, my mind working and going. And like I said, if you have the ability, I definitely recommend the study, um, cause I'm not going to do it justice, but I wanted to bring it to you guys just so that way you kind of had an idea of what it was about. And maybe this can like open up something in your life as well. Um, lately I've had a, quite a few questions about what it means to be a Christian and for the longest time, I thought if you, you know, accepted Jesus and believed that he died for your sins, rose again on the third day, you were good. Like you're saved. Good. Great. When you die, you know where you're going. Right. But I was thinking even the devil believes that God and like believes in God and Jesus. And he knows that he died on the cross, rose on the third day, but he didn't accept Jesus as his personal savior. And maybe that's the key. Like, is it that simple though? Cause that's, that was my, like, that was my confusion. Like, do you just, is it just accepting or, you know, I, I'm sure that's part of it, but you also, I feel like once you've accepted Jesus, you can't go on living the same life. Um, you know, you, you things have got to change because obviously you aren't perfect. So whenever you become a Christian, you want to try to strive for that. But also, I mean, I just, I feel like there's more to it, right? So some say yes, you know, it's that simple. But also if you read in Matthew 7 verses 13 and 14, um, it says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life and only few find it. So that makes me think, you know, because I don't know about you, but I know, I mean, almost everybody I know is a Christian. Like, I don't know that many people who, and of course I live in a small town, but I mean, you know, I'm not saying that there's not people, but I'm like, you know, there's a good amount. Almost, almost everybody I know believes in God. So it just, it kind of makes me question like, okay, so is it though? Like there's, I mean... I know there are other countries and stuff where if you are, you know, are out as a Christian, you could potentially be killed. So, I mean, I get that. Like, that is one of those things where that can fit in there. But like here in the U.S., like it's pretty, I mean, nor I mean, it's pretty open. You know, you're not yet, not yet anyway, you're not condemned for being a Christian. I mean, it's definitely getting to the point where there's there's a lot of different groups that are, um, well, I don't want to get into that, but anyway, there, you know, Christianity is being attacked. However, it's not as bad here as it is in other places. So I just being a Christian, I don't think it like works in context with that verse because I mean, 
narrow is the gate you need to go through, but many are going through the wide gate. So that makes me think that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get into heaven just because you believe in God and you believe that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. I don't know if that's enough to, I don't know if it's enough to call it a golden ticket. You know what I mean? And maybe it is. I'm not sure. I mean, if you do, and you know, if that is, it's just simple as that. Great. But also on the other end, do you want to be living your life just hoping that's enough? You know what I mean? And so I, I want to not, not just assume, but I want, I want the truth, you know, and I assume other people do too, but I wanted to dig more into it. And I've just personally, I've been struggling like, okay, is that enough? Or do I need to do more? I know you can't be saved through works, but it's like, okay, through faith, you know, you're going to do through your faith, you're going to show good works. So it's not like you're earning a spot in heaven by doing good things. But I mean, as a Christian, you know, you should be showing good fruit. You know what I mean? So it just, I had questions. (laughs) And so, you know, I encourage you to think about the people in your life. You know, if you cannot, if you don't think of them as a Jesus freak, you know, and it's a good possibility that they have the mindset that they're, you know, they're saved and that's that and that's all they got to do. But, you know, they're also hooking up with random people every weekend or, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe they're married and that's not the sin that they struggle with, but maybe it's something completely different. And, or if you're just a lukewarm Christian, you know, you're like, okay, I'm done. You know, there's, there's different things talking about being lukewarm and, it makes me think that there's something more that I need to be doing, but I'm, I don't know what. And so this just, like I said, this, um, study really got my brain going. Um, <clears throat> and that was the other thing that that was me. Cause I got saved, uh, I think I was 17 if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I've been saved for quite a while, right? I accepted Jesus and I got baptized, you know, I did the whole thing. Um, but I also, you know, I was dating and I had slept around and I got pregnant before I got married. And, um, you know, I did end up marrying her father, but then later we got divorced. And so, you know, it's, it was just, it was a hot mess. (laughs) If you ask me, like I was, yeah, I believed in God, but I was also doing things that were very, um, very sad, I feel like God was not, you know, he was just very disappointed. And I have worked since I got divorced. I have been working so hard to, you know, not be that same person I was before I got married. So that's, but that's a whole different conversation. Um, But anyway, so I, again, after reading that Matthew 7, 13 and 14, I, I just, I don't think it's the case. I don't think it's so cut and dry and I think there's just more. Um, like I said, after hearing that my church was doing the Bible study, I was like, yes, sign me up for that. I don't know what it's about, but radical, I need some radical change in my life. Signs, good, sign me up. Um, but it wasn't until the first session that I got my answer. <laughs> so without further ado, radical. So he starts the sermon saying, have we ever, you know, came to Jesus on his own terms? Like, duh, obviously I accepted him. Like, that's what he says to do. Um, but then he goes on to say, have you ever, 
you know, softened or changed Jesus's word to justify the way we live or, you know, flat out ignored parts, you know, cherry picked, if you will. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, we've done that, you know, because I mean, a lot of church, a lot of churches um, and a lot of people just focus on the love part of Jesus. Like Jesus loves us, you know, whatever you're doing, whatever sin, you know, he, he'll love you. He'll forgive you. Does that make it okay to sin just because you know he's going to forgive you? I feel like that's kind of, I feel like that's just disrespectful anyway. And I know sometimes we do it and then we're like, oh no, I did it. You know, it just kind of, you're on autopilot and it's, that's, you know, it's, it's something we want to be intentful, but also, you know, you got to realize that Jesus isn't all peace, love, and, you know, hippies, you know, you know, all that. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus might have been a hippie, who knows. But there's more to God than just peace and love. He's also a jealous God. Like, he wants all the glory because he is the one true God. And, I mean, he gave you everything. Like, he gave you the breath that you breathe, the house that you live in, the food on your table, like, everything you have. God gave it to you. So, I mean, like, why would you, why wouldn't you be praising the one and only God? Because he gave you everything. And so, <coughs> excuse me, I apologize. Um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things that soften. And I think we also need to focus everything. And the other thing was like, you know, just other ways that we've cherry picked, for example, in a lot of households, you can think of where the woman wears the pants in the relationships and the man's like, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Like, you know, you know that, you know, somebody like that. And, um, it's completely ignoring Colossians 3, 18 verses 19. Um, or like also husbands being narcissistic or abusive, like that kind of thing. It says, wives submit yourselves to your husbands as fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. So, you know, you've got that balance there, but wives are supposed to submit to their husbands, but their husbands are also supposed to love them and not be a jerk. You know what I mean? But the husband's also supposed to lead the family and be the head of the household and bring everyone closer to God. He's supposed to, he's supposed to be the main guy. Like, it goes, God, husband, wife, children. Like, that's how it's supposed to be. That's how God intended it to be. And a lot of people can hate me for that. You know, whatever. When I was married, it was, I had that kind of relationship where I controlled everything because, you know, I just knew it wouldn't get done otherwise. So that, like I said, I'm not here to air out my dirty laundry or anything like that, but it's one of those situations. The man is supposed to be the leader and has wives are supposed to let him lead. Um, either way, but that's also, I feel like that's also only if he's being godly. If he's not being godly, then you probably don't have any business following that man. You also probably shouldn't have married him, but hey, you know, I'm, I'm not the one, I'm not trying to tell you about, tell you what to do with your life. Um, so the other one was Leviticus 19, 28. Do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. So does this mean not like no tattoos at all? Does this mean as an expression to the dead or, you know, with witchcraft, idolatry, like a lot of pagan practices require, um, these things. So my question is, you know, does that mean 
if it's a cross or an image of Jesus or, you know, that kind of thing. Is that okay? Like I have three tattoos. Um, you know, I, I got them when I was really young, um, right out of high school. So, but two of them are, you know, they're like religious tattoos. And then the third one is just, I mean, just basic. It's a, <laughs> a feather and an infinity symbol. So hashtag, if you are any other girl with that, let me know. Cause I pretty sure almost every other girl has that. Um, okay. Anyway, so like I said, I mean, is that, is that a no, no, I didn't do it as a pagan, you know, expression to the dead, no witchcraft, you know, that kind of thing. Like there was no ritual behind it, but is tattoo marks on my, like, I, there's just some gray area. Is it like no tattoos at all? So, you know, I don't know how that fits in. Um, I don't think because it was before I really dug into the word of God and everything, I don't know that he's going to count that against me. And he might, I don't know, but it's like, okay, well, do you want to be on the safe side or not? And so I don't know. There's just some, some of those things it's like, okay, but does that mean this? And I really wish that I knew Hebrew so I can <laughs> go back and be like, okay, this is exactly what he meant. But, uh, so, you know, with all the translations and everything, it's, it's hard to know, but a lot of people would soften that and say, you know, oh, just like I did, you know, oh, well, it, it's a religious tattoo. He's fine with that. It wasn't part of a, you know, a, a practice of witchcraft or, you know, this, that or the other. So it's fine. It's fine. But is it like some people would be like, no, it says, do not put tattoo marks on yourself. Boom, done, cut and dry. And so it's like, okay, well, so anyway, um, I was just trying to make a comparison of like how people can soften the word. Um, anyway, moving on, um, there are gray areas. So we soften it to work with our lives instead of making us uncomfortable. Like, Oh, I really, really, really want a tattoo. So as long as it's a, it's a godly tattoo, it will be fine. You know, it, it helps you live your life comfortably, if that makes sense. And so, you know, it's, it's one of those that it, um, I feel like we've all been guilty of kind of softening that. And I don't, he was saying in the Bible study that that's not what we should be doing at all. Um, and when I think of Jesus, you know, I picture peace, love, you know, that all that fun stuff. But if you read Matthew 10, 37, 38, the person who loves their father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. The person who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And so you're thinking like, oh man, do I have to hate my, my family in order to be a follower of Jesus? Cause that doesn't seem right. You know, it's a little contradictory. You know, I, you know, you're supposed to love, love thy neighbor. Okay. So I can love my neighbor, but I can't love my parents, that kind of thing. And I don't think that it really means you have to, you have to hate them or you have to like not like them. You just can't love Jesus less than them. You have to love Jesus and God. You have to love them more than your family. You know what I mean? And back in the day, this, like a cross was an instrument of torture. Like they weren't just fancy things that we hang on our walls, you know, that kind of thing to symbolize Christ. Like they were literally like a guillotine, you know what I mean? Obviously not the same, (laughs) not the same effect, but you know, it was, it was an instrument that they used to 
basically kill someone. And so, you know, it, it's one of those, like, if you do not pick up, don't, if you don't pick up your guillotine and run with me, then you are not worthy of me. And so it's just like, okay, putting that in perspective, that makes sense. And so it's just one of those, like, Jesus was good. He was fair. And he just, um, he, he wasn't, he didn't just have that one side. He had many sides and he was just, and he was fair. And he's saying, if you can't love me the most, if you can't love my, love, love God the most, then you don't deserve to be a follower, that kind of thing. And so it just, it just seems like a very different Jesus that the Bible, you know, some, some services, some churches, they portray, they, they leave you feeling, oh, this is a good service. I feel good. I feel, you know, I feel connected with God, which great. You want to leave church feeling connected with God, but you don't want it to be so soft that you miss the entire point. Um, I hope, hopefully that's coming across, across, right. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, it just, it seems like it would, it's kind of contradictory, but it's really not. It's just, it's just a different side of the same person. Anyway, so he goes on to say that this is the cost of being a Christian. What is the cost? The cost is everything. If you want to be a Christian, you have to be able to give up everything. And like, if you, if God calls you to sell everything and give it to the poor, then you sell everything and you give it to the poor and you do whatever he calls you to do. He, he calls you to go do missions. You drop it and you go do missions, you know, being able to not only be willing to, but actually doing the things that God, you know, is calling you to do. So a lot of people, you know, like I said, in those other countries, you know, being Christian means being put to death. And so, you know, whenever, like with us here in America, we can just say, oh, God wants me to sell this or this or, you know, quit my job and do this. And you can just like do those things, right? That's costing us material things. But in those other countries, say someone, you know, they're, they're, they're obviously they're, they're Christian and they're being called to minister, right? So in those other countries, they could potentially be put to death and that is like the ultimate. Whenever it's a, he says it costs everything, they're willing to give up their life for Jesus. Would you give? Would would you do that? And really think about it. you. You know, you want to say, oh yeah, of course I would. You know, but then think about it. Like, okay, so you have a big flat screen TV. Would you sell that and then give that money to the church or give that to a missionary? You know, like if they're raising funds for a mission trip, that kind of thing. Or would you drop everything, sell your house, sell your belongings and go on missions? You know, some people will be like, oh yeah, I could do that easily. But like, if you actually think about it, could you, could you drop your whole life and go and do that? And so either way, no matter what, the cost is everything. <sighs> anyway, sorry, I'm getting a little winded. Um, so Let's see here. I've got notes in front of me and I completely went on a tangent and lost track of where it was. Mm, I'm looking. Bear with me one moment. Oh, back here. Okay. So yeah, with the same thing, whenever you become a Christian, you need to decide, you know, a basic, well, you need to just realize like 
Christ owns your life now. Your life is not yours. It is his. So, you know, you don't decide anything anymore. Where you live, he decides that. What you wear, what you do, what you eat, you know, he is the one who decides that. And so, you know, and that can be hard, especially if you're like, I've never heard the audible voice of God because I'm in the same boat. Like I've never like been driving in my car and heard God say, yo, take a left turn, you know, like, Hey, that's just not, I just, I haven't. So, you know, with a lot of people, it's just that nagging feeling and, you know, things that pop up just at the right time. And so it's just those different things. And it's just (laughs) knowing who he is now it's just changed a perspective of priorities. It's, you know, whenever you, like I said, first dive into Christianity, they, a lot of people make you think that God is just one-sided peace and love, which he is, but he's also got a whole different side. He's just, he's got rules. Like he created everything and he's got rules and he expects you to follow it. Like your parents would, he knows better than you. Like as a child, okay, you've got a, a fork and you're like, light socket. Hey, this is a good idea. But your parent says, no, don't do that and give me the fork, you know? And so, but you're, you as a toddler are like, what? That was, that sounds like such a good idea. Like this fork looks like it perfectly fits in there. I don't understand just because you don't understand what God wants you to do or why he's doing it or why he's doing these things. He, you, you have to look at it this way. God is the father. He is a loving and caring father who sometimes disciplines you, which sucks, but you're better for it in the long run. And so sometimes we are a hazard to ourselves. We are the toddler trying to stick a fork in the light socket. So, you know, sometimes I feel like once I heard that analogy, I stepped back and I was like, oh man, yeah, no, that makes sense. Because like 10 years ago, God was giving me sign after sign after sign to not do you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, eh, I'll do what I want, you know? And then I did the things and then I had bad consequences, you know? And it just, I, I just, I didn't understand. I was like, well, God, why are you punishing me? You know, this, that, and the other, but I'm like, okay, he was being a parent. He said, don't do this. And I did it anyway. So I got my butt busted. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it, when you think about it like that, you're like, okay, that makes sense. So anyway, I just, um, that was really pretty much the whole thing. You just want to realize who God is, get the whole picture. And like, as I'm reading the Bible, like I'm seeing the whole picture and I'm not just getting, you know, little bits of information after Sunday service, you know, during Sunday service, which is, you know, great. You definitely want to stay on that, but I'm not getting little bits and pieces. I'm getting the whole picture and I'm knowing who God is and what he wants from me and, you know, what he expects from me. Um, like I said, I'm getting through the Bible, so I haven't been all the way through it yet, but it's definitely a journey and I'm learning something new every time I open it. And I just feel like there is a plethora of knowledge. If you just dive in, you can get to know God deeper you can, you know, realize what he's wanting from you and how he expects you to live your life. And, um, it just makes things a lot more clear. So if you haven't already, definitely like, and subscribe. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I, I guess you follow on like the listening apps or whatever, but, um, we also have Instagram basic and blessed podcast. Go ahead and like us and follow, 
whatever, whatever the thing is. And if you have any questions or you want to be featured on a podcast, definitely send us a message. We'd be more than happy to uh, get back with you. But I hope you enjoyed this. And as we go through the next few episodes, I will be um, posting about those. Um, If you have any questions, like I said, let me know and uh, take care. God bless.